The sight before us is that of a strong and good nation that stands in silence and remembers those who were loved and who in return loved their countrymen enough to die for them. Yet we must try to honor them, not for their sakes alone, but for our own. And if words cannot repay the debt we owe these men, surely with our actions, we must strive to keep faith with them and with a vision that led them to battle and a final sacrifice. Our first obligation to them and ourselves is plain enough. The United States and the freedom for which it stands, the freedom for which they died, must endure and prosper. Their lives remind us that freedom is not bought cheaply. It has a cost. The willingness of some to give their lives so that others might live never fails to evoke in us a sense of wonder and mystery. And how they must have wished, in all the ugliness that war brings, that no other generation of young men to follow would have to undergo that same experience. As we honor their memory today, let us pledge that their lives, their sacrifices, their valor shall be justified and remembered for as long as God gives life to this nation. And let us also pledge to do our utmost to carry out what must have been their wish, that no other generation of young men will ever have to share their experiences and repeat their sacrifice. Well, you know, uh, I titled the message today, A Hope and Remembering. A Hope and Remembering since we're having, uh, since it's Memorial Day weekend. And uh, I want us to remember, and you know, it's important for us to remember, amen? It really is important for us to remember, because, you know, sometimes we just forget. And, uh, and we don't need to forget. And so, when I thought about that, I couldn't help uh, but think about my brother. I was thinking about Tim. Uh, for probably approximately seven years, a little bit more probably, he, uh, before he passed, uh, he had no short-term memory. Uh, a lot of you know that, and uh, it, uh, short-term memory kind of failed him. And so I was thinking about that this week. I remember the frustration that was in his life not being able to remember uh, things that were just immediate things. He couldn't remember. His, his long-term memory, however, was intact. He could remember, he could still drive, he could still play the guitar. Uh, he might not know what song to play next. Uh, but he knew how to do all those things, you know. And he really amazed me. He really amazed me on how he would uh, do the things that he did having no short term. I mean, he had no short term. Let me tell you how, much, how bad this was. It was so bad that he, could not, he did not know his way to this church at even attending it here for four years. He had to get a GPS out. And put it on the dashboard in order to make it to church. You know what? And every time he came to church, it was like he came to a brand new place. Every time. And so it was just amazing how he was able to cope with that. But it's a very sad thing, you know. Uh, we would remember strong emotional things that would happen. Now, he would remember strong emotional things would happen. Like when he married my sister-in-law, Julie. 
What a precious gift that was for him and, uh, that, uh, and that she was for him and taking care of him. And uh, so I'm just so grateful uh, for all the people, and even you, even the Hills Church people were so loving and kind. And you guys knew when we moved here some four years ago uh, that we were having, uh, you know, that he was having issues and he was living with us at the time. And you guys were so loving, and some of you just really took time out for him and uh, uh, for his memory. And so I'm very grateful for that. But see, li- listen, losing memory is a terrible thing. Remember? Amen. It's a very terrible thing. It's a, it's, it, listen, it's terrible. It cuts us off from the past. Think about that. Removing those precious treasured memories of past experience. It erases our personal history and it leaves blank pages in our mind. And I know he felt that way. Have you ever forgotten what you were going to say? Come on, raise your hand. Come on, you're in church. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's about most all of you, right? Amen, right? Very humiliating and very what? Embarrassing, right? It is that. It is very much so, right? But for many of us here today, it's unavoidable. <laughs> Y'all understand with me. You're with me, right? It happens or it's going to happen. Amen. So hold on. If it ain't happened to you, it's going to happen. Maybe you just don't remember it happened already, right? <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. But that's not always the case. And I want to share with you today as we remember, losing one's memory isn't always the case. Many times we forget because we neglect what has gone before. Sometimes we neglect because we forget what has gone before. We become inattentive to those who have gone on before. We center our attention on what we want here and now Forgetting or wiping out the past. And we have to be very careful about that. We will live and act as if the present is all that matters. And the present isn't all that matters. Many times we cast off the past like we cast off a pair of old shoes that are wore out and we don't need them anymore. And so Memorial Day is upon us. Amen? It is. We're called to remember and respect those who have what? Died those whose days are gone forever. It is not surprised that many do not reflect upon the past during this holiday and more uh, than they do any other holiday. Any more than they do any other holiday. So think about that. We're so busy, life is changing ever so rapidly, we tend not to look for the wisdom of the past, right? Sometimes we don't look for the wisdom of the past. Most of the time we view the past as irrelevant to what is now. And there's a danger in that. The ancients of the past are not models of today. We end up placing less and less value in the traditions of the past. We remove them, sort of like we remove statues. And we need to think about these things. Those inherited customs of yesteryears. So Memorial Day rolls around. Many times our thoughts do not automatically turn to the past, to the departed. And most people appreciate Memorial Day because it's another day off for them from work. Or it's a bargain down at Lowe's or Walmart or somewhere else, right? So many times that... So here's my purpose. My purpose is not to renew... The practice, listen, of Memorial Day, amen? 
That's not what I'm talking about today. After all, it's not a religious day. It's not. It's a secular day. That's what it is. Nevertheless, it can absolutely serve to promote, listen, a value that is elevated throughout our scripture, our Bible. The value, the value being the importance of remembrance or remembering. So we're going to remember today. You see, the failure of memory is not just something that leads to an inconvenience or social embarrassment. Really, it's a spiritual danger. It's a spiritual danger. We must get this this morning. It's spiritually dangerous for us to forget. The failure to remember those things which are most significant can and will result in a failure of our faith. They will. Think about it. Forgetfulness erodes the foundation of our relationship with a holy God. Like when we look at the biblical documents such as our Bible, right? It's not important that we remember the past. Is is it not important that we remember the past? It is. How were things done and why were they done? Listen, in these texts, in these Bibles, we find references to monumental moments in our history. Memorial feast. Think about that. Ritually repeated stories like the Passover. Amen? The prodigal son, the good Samaritan. These are good for us to reinforce the sacred memory of God in the lives of His people. In fact, I would submit to you that God Himself designed specific acts throughout history so that we would not forget what God had done for our own sake. For example... You might want to turn to Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. Joshua chapter 4, verse 1. It's the story of Israel's long-awaited entrance, where? Into the promised land. Into that promised land. Listen, after 40 years of wandering through the wilderness, they finally get to enter in. The swollen Jordan River before them stands in the way, but they do not stop there. Amen? There's the priest, listen, they're bringing the Ark of the Covenant. And as they began, listen, to put their feet into the Jordan River, the water ceases to flow and it is heaped up before them. What a sight. Could you imagine what that looked like? (coughs) What a sight. This allows them to cross on dry land. It's just like a reminder of Exodus when they left Egypt. Think about this this morning. Their leader, Joshua, gives them directions to construct what? A monument in the center of the river. He does. To remember this day. And in the middle of the river, they construct it. Joshua 4, 1 through 9, it says, Now when all the nations had finished crossing the Jordan, it says, The Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe. Command them, saying, Take up for yourselves twelve stones from here out of the middle of the Jordan, from uh, from the place where the priest's feet are standing firm, and carry them over with you and lay down in the lodging place where you will lodge tonight. So Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the sons of Israel, one man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, 
Cross again to the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. And each of you take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Israel. Let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, (laughs) saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Thus the sons of Israel did as Joshua commanded, took up the twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, just as the Lord spoke to Joshua according to the number of tribes of the sons of Israel, and they carried them over with them to the lodging place and put them down there. And then Joshua set up twelve stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the feet of the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. Now this reminder of the progress of God's people, all because of who? Almighty God. Had nothing to do with them. Had everything to do with Almighty God. Only thing with them was obedience, right? They needed a lot. They lacked obedience many times, Amen. With us is why they were 40 years in the desert, in the wilderness, right? Listen, their very existence was in the hands of who? Almighty God. Think about this. That Passover feast that is now still practiced and remembered to this day. It's a 3,400-year-old feast that they continue to do every single year as they look back to the Passover and the Exodus out of Egypt. It was God who freed his people, not themselves. Not much different than how we are freed today. Right? We're freed by what? The blood of a Savior who shed his blood for you and for me. We are free indeed. Are you free this morning? Do you know Christ is saved? Is there there a past where you surrendered, listen, to salvation and the Lordship of Christ? Is there a past time? Do you remember that time? We must remember. Listen, with pounding insistence, our call to remember is repeated throughout the Bible, throughout the Scriptures. Remember how God called the father Abraham with many sons? You remember that? In his old age? Do you remember how they were in bondage in a foreign land and were set free through divine power? You remember that? Remember how God brought Israel to greatness even in her weakness. He did, over and over again. In fact, the psalmist sums it up well when he wrote in Psalms 105, verse 5, Remember his wonders, which he has done, his marvels and judgments uttered by his mouth. Listen, those who forget fall into thanklessness. May we never forget. It appears that we probably will do no better sometimes. I look at our country. We see it every day in our society as it is. Amen? We see it. Even in church, people sometimes want to absolve the past and press on for today and our future. Right? And not think of the importance of what the past was. Truly, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by what? The Word of God. Listen, isn't the Word of God enough for us? To bring us to Jesus. Listen, it's because of our past that we even have a future. It's because of our past that we have a future today. Is it true? It is true. Amen. Where Almighty God and His divine providence has brought us from. We need to let that sink in our lives this morning. 
May we never forget the value of our heritage and the source of every blessing that you and I have living in this country called the United States of America. And also here at Hills Church. I think on how America has lost her way. All because we have tried to wipe out the one true God. Our history because we didn't agree with all of it. Come on everybody. We're not all going to agree with everything. You may not agree with this sermon this morning. But I pray that you will listen with your heart and with the Spirit of God in you. It's easy to take for granted all that we are and how we got here. Very easy to take that for granted. It seems it would be easy to make our own way without God. And that is exactly what's happening today in our world. Listen, pride will blind you every single time. Why? Because pride goes before what? The fall. In fact, more specifically, Proverbs 16 18, pride goes before destruction. Destruction. Verse 19 says, It is better to be humble in spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. The devil, look at the devil, pride cast him out of where? Cast him out of heaven as Lucifer. Now he's working desperately to get you and I, and he has almost and already gotten the nation what we love so dearly. We Listen, we end trusting blindly in our own wisdom and power. And that's very weak. I'm telling you, that's weak. Not relying on our almighty and all-powerful God. Then in our wrong-headed, self-confident, justifying our sin and living in it, we lose our way. We lose our way. For this reason, it's so crucial that we remember always. Must remember. Think about this. Every culture and every country has its memorials. I've been to a lot of lands. I've been to a lot of places all over the world. And I've seen a lot of memorials everywhere. There to give us hope in the aspirations of our tomorrows. That's why we have them. They make us think of the successes and also the failures of our country. Of the things that have happened. Of the past, right? Successes to keep pressing forward. But also the failures as not to repeat the failures ever again. And we know those statues that have our failures on it. But when you tear them down, you remove them. Listen, the generations in front of us have no reason to know anything about it. And they'll repeat it. And we need to think about it. The injustice of our past memorialized, listen, teach us and remind us that we must not go back and repeat them ever. Listen, they were reminders of how good, listen this, intelligent, thoughtful men can be devilishly deceived by a Satan who blinds their eyes and then they commit into action what they think is the truth. It's just like the airplanes that hit the towers. Those men, listen, believe what they were doing. And they were devilishly deceived right now. They were deceived. Visiting Lincoln's and Washington's memorials help us also to place value on the humble but strenuous beginnings and foundation, founding of our nation. 
to teach us that no matter how bleak the season of life may be, we have a divine agent. God Almighty, Sovereign, Lord of the universe, who can bring us through the storms of this age uh, when we live in, no matter what we face in our future. It helps us to look ahead and beyond knowing we have the awesome Almighty God to inspire us, to equip us for every good work to succeed in His perfect plan. But sometimes we can prefer, listen, our memorials to comfort and reassure us rather than warn us or disturb us of our complacency in our country. This is why dwelling on the past, remembering, is a means of escaping the problems of the present and the disturbing prospects of our future. Sometimes we glory and deify, listen, days gone by, amen? We'll talk sometimes of how sweet things used to be. Oh, life was simpler. Friendships were closer. Listen, motives were much more pure, right? Morals were higher and so forth. Sometimes we look back at the past and think the days were better than they were, actually. There was a lot of stuff happening in the past that we don't, we tend not to try to think about. That the best days have gone by, right? Listen, do you think that this morning, you think about that this morning? You think about the things in the past? You think it was better back then? In fact, most people who are disappointed with the present and distressed over the future, guess what? They're living. They tend to live in the past. Do you live in the past? I think we need to be honest this morning. Do we live in the past? So their memories are important to them, right? They are. This is what they don't have, though. But they don't have hopeful memories for the future. You have hopeful memories for the future? We must have hopeful memories for the future, of the future. Do you have a hopeful memory of the future? See, these hopeful memories are not to drag us into the past and lock us in there forever. Amen? No, we don't do that. What hopeful memories do is uh, do, do not tell us is the best life is is over, right? Hopeful memories must thrust us into what? Into the future. So the Lord teaches us that are his children to remember the works of the Lord in the past. Why? To thrust us into the future. Amen. He wants us to be thrusted into the future. We are never called to remember the past for its own sake. We're never called to do that, for just for its own sake. We look at the wonders of the past with expectancy of the divine wonders of a hopeful future, though. That's what we should do. Do you want an example this morning? Well, I'll give you a good one. Here's one that we can all relate to this morning. Y'all see the Lord's Supper down there this morning, right? Listen. The Lord's Supper doesn't falsely glorify the past, does it? It doesn't falsely glorify the past. The bread, the cup, the broken body of Jesus, His blood. When we think of this, we can see our own lives. Images of what? Of deceit, of betrayal, of cruelty imposing themselves upon us, our sin. That's what I think about. The memorial feast confronts us with the disquieting fact that we humans are all too capable of what? 
of striking, listen, out against true holiness and supreme goodness and treating it as demonic if it does not work out to our advantage. That is not the kind of memory we hold dear. Amen? We don't. But we see the Lord's Supper does much, much more. Amen? It reminds us of the sacrificial love of who? Of Almighty God. Listen, it speaks to us of a love that will never, ever let us go. His love never lets us go. A love that reaches out to us in spite of our own evilness. We see the Lord's Supper even more than this, right? We see a promised hope of Jesus that He will come again. That He will come again. That when He comes, we will drink a new wine with the Lord in the kingdom of God. Mark 14, 25, Jesus spoke saying, Truly I say to you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Jesus' own lips. The Lord's Supper not only points us, listen, to the past, but toward our promised future also. This is why it's important for us to remember and never forget. The past and the future are made into vital contemporary realities today. For us, by the presence of what? Of Christ coming again. He's coming again, folks. And so I want to take some time out right now, and we're going to participate in the Lord's Supper. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you to think about some things this morning. Think about your life this morning. Number one, think about... You may be out here, you've never trusted Christ as Savior. And I don't want you to partake of it if you don't know Jesus is Savior. Because you'll take it in an unworthy manner. Via what the Scripture teaches us. But if you're a Christian here and you've got unconfessed sin in your life, now's the time to make your life right with the Lord. Solid. With Memorial Day, it is proper to think of the past and those who left us. Amen. But as Christians, this is not exclusively, listen, an exercise in looking behind and thinking about what has been. For we all believe that even more wonderful things are yet to come for those people. Saved by grace through faith who have already died, leaving us behind. I think this morning of my brother Tim. I think of Bill Sumner. I think of Linda Velez, Frank Shevitz, Teddy Green, Tom McMath, Helen Foster, Sister Lois Crowley, Joanne Kelly, Sherry Butler, Richard Hoyt, Bud Wolford, Bill Edmondson, Susan Pullian, Susan Arnold. Janice Lyons, Tim Balin, Brother Lloyd Yarger, Sister Marge Har, and many others this morning. Because of this day to remember and partaking of the Lord's Supper, we have that blessed hope of seeing them all again. Amen? Through Jesus Christ alone. Amen? Amen. In 1969, Clarence Jordan died of a heart attack. 
As some of you may know, Jordan was the author of the Cotton Patch Version of the Bible and was the founder of Koinonia Farms in an interracial community and innovative ministry in rural Georgia. His work had faced vicious opposition from many of the racists in the area during the 50s and the 60s. In fact, when Jordan died, the local coroners and the undertakers were of little help. Jordan was buried in a plain cedar box on hillside, on a hillside on his farm. Millard Fuller, who is the founder of Habitat Humanity, officiated at the funeral. And just after the casket was lowered into the ground and the grave was filled, an unexpected thing happened. Fuller's two-year-old daughter stepped up to the grave and began to sing the only song the little girl knew. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Clarence. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday at a funeral? Hmm. How strange and yet how truly appropriate that is. For when a Christian dies, it is a birthday of a sort because death is not ending but a new beginning. Amen? And so when we think of our dead, let us do so with a hopeful memory looking forward. A hopeful memory looking forward for an amazing future still awaits them and the rest of us as well. Amen? I want to thank you all for being here today. Let's not forget our past. Because our past leads us to what is yet to come in our future. We have a lot of folks out there that don't know who Jesus is. And so we have to reach them. We live here today. And we can reach them. Amen? I trust you have a great holiday weekend. I want to encourage you, if you've never been to the National Cemetery, they have a great service out there tomorrow. And uh, I would encourage you to go out and check it out. And remember, amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for our time together. Lord, it's my prayer if there's anyone here that had trusted Christ as Savior, Lord, that they uh, would let me know they made a decision for Christ today. And so I can celebrate it with them, and I can let them know what needs to be done next, what their next steps are. We thank you, Lord, as we think about Memorial Day on the Lord's Day. Of all those who laid their life down, many of my friends who laid their life down so that I could preach, <laughs> so that we could attend churches and enjoy the life that we enjoy. Help us, Lord, just to Stay close to you, Jesus, throughout this day, this weekend, and every day. Use us for your eternal, everlasting glory. We praise you for it all. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You're dismissed. Have a great day.